Welcome to the Beauty Scientists with Dr. Christy Hamilton and Dr. Roy Kim. Real beauty without the hype. Welcome to the next episode of the Beauty Scientists. I'm Dr. Christy Hamilton. I'm here with my wonderful colleague, Dr. Roy Kim. How are you doing today, Dr. Kim? I'm good, Dr. Hamilton. How are you doing? Great. And we're really excited to talk about a topic that we get asked about all the time in the office, at cocktail parties. Um, everybody wants to know how they can remove unwanted extra fat. And for today, uh, we did an episode on uh, medical weight loss, um, Ozempic type medication. So you should check that one out too. For today, we're going to be focusing on non-invasive and the minimally invasive procedures. And we'll start with the non-invasive. So Dr. Kim, when you have a patient that comes in into your office and they are, they're bothered by certain stubborn areas of fat, resistant to diet and exercise, they've decided to seek the expert opinion of a board certified plastic surgeon. What are, what are some of the options that are out there? Generically, there's, of course, non-invasive, which is, can be done to the office, slightly invasive, which is still a procedure. We're going to talk about some sham procedures. We're going to talk about invasive liposuction, what people think about as what we do as plastic surgeons. And sometimes we will try to tighten skin, but can we really tighten skin after liposuction? Those are the things we'll talk about, as well as I always think that beginning a conversation is what is fat and how do we get rid of it? So specifically, Dr. Hamilton and I know fat cells are adipocytes. They're plumped up fat cells. So we want to get rid of them. Now, we can have the plumped up fat cells shrink, or we can physically get rid of them, period. One of the things patients sometimes ask me is, okay, I lose the weight. I gain it back. If I gain it back, will I have a big lump of fat in my underarm or on my right cheek or whatever? And the answer is no. Fat will come back where it wants to come back. But really, even if we physically remove the fat cells, the adipocytes, there are thin, non-plump fat cells that are left behind. So if you gain the weight, the fat cells that are left behind will plump up. Yeah. So there's like, there's a nuance to that. What happens when we eat extra calories or have extra energy that we want to store? And so there's two mechanisms to what fat cells will do. So the first concept is the concept of hypertrophy, which is just growth of the fat cells. So the fat cells that you already have will just take in more fat and store it, store it. Uh, that's a lot of that is dictated by your genetics um, and just where your body likes to store it. At a certain point, though, I tell patients if you if you have those twenty extra cheeseburgers, then your body may say, "Ah, my all my fat cells are already full. What do I do now?" That's going to signal. It's going to start a cell signaling pathway where there's there something called hyperplasia will happen where it's actually stimulating the production of more fat cells and that then can store more material. So that's what would have to happen after liposuction for you to regrow new fat cells back. But it's also another reason when we're talking about more more significant body contouring with liposuction. That's why we always like to take a look at the body as a whole, because if we section out everything on your torso, your chin, your thighs, but then we leave the arms, you've got more overall fat cells in your arms. So that may be something to consider is doing liposuction of that area too, or at a different time, just so your body kind of grows and shrinks with natural fluctuations and weight in a way that looks most natural. Um, yeah. But I'm jump. I'm jumping. I'm jumping to the end here. Um, <laughs> let's say, uh, Doctor Kim, I'm scared of surgery. I don't want anything cutting me. 
but I've got a little extra fat under my chin after pregnancy. What what can I do? So the thing that, that the thing that works is a brand name medication called Kybella. It's actually also gallbladder fluid, deoxycholic acid. That's the generic name. And so it's made by Allergan. It's a great product in the right patient. So in the office, you know, you numb it up, wipe off the numbing cream, inject the medication directly into the fat, and your fat goes away. I think, of course, one of the known complications, it's not a complication. I think it's an after effect is we're melting the fat. Your body has to deal with it and get rid of it. It's sitting in your body, which means that patients who get Kybella treatment typically blow up or get quite swollen right underneath the chin. And I don't know if your patients experience that. Yeah. And so something to be sure to counsel patients on, Kybella or deoxycholic acid does work. You do need to have a series of treatments unless you have the world's tiniest amount of fat underneath your chin. And then unlike liposuction where the fat is actually removed, you're damaging the fat and digesting it, like you said. So your body does have to work to to remove it. Uh, so I tell patients, if you look at the, the FDA approval studies and you look at the more significant before and afters, those patients are doing that treatment four to six times. And we do it about a month apart. So just consider your timeline. You may have fairly significant swelling for a third to half a year, depending on how much fat you have and your your personal goals. I find that wearing uh, some shin compression and doing some lymphatic massage also can help speed that along. Uh, it's commonly referred to on the internet as the bullfrog afterwards. So it will go away, but it can be a little bit alarming if you're not ready for it. Absolutely. And it is a great treatment because it's pretty painless. It can be mixed in with numbing cream and numbing medicine directly with the Kybella. It doesn't really hurt that much afterwards. So yes, you can completely avoid surgery. It's a pretty cool drug for the right patient. What if I wanted to avoid needles completely? I'm like, injections, not for me. What, what, what could I do? Yeah, so I mean, there are different technologies where it's not true breaking up fat and sucking it out, which is liposuction. There's laser, there's cold slash cold temperatures, and there's actually ultrasound, which heats things up and melts the fat. So those are the things which can, in terms of high tech, melt fat or get rid of it. but it will, it's still a slight procedure. Like you still can't typically wave a wand and expect things to go away. Cool sculpting is probably cryolipolysis. That's the biggest name out there. You still have to put a pad on. You still have to get cold. You still have to get potentially two treatment sessions or more. It just depends. And I think the key again would... That's oh, right. The, the key again with these, the key again with these procedures is where um, you're causing damage to the cells in some capacity, and then you are hoping that your body says, "Oh, you're damaged enough that I'm just going to remove you." And that part is just a little bit unpredictable. So that's why we see with the cryolipolysis or the heating or the cooling of the fat, depending on which um, you know ultrasound treatment, radiofrequency treatment you may be doing, that explains why these modalities can be a little bit variable in terms of outcomes. Sometimes patients are kind of underwhelmed by the result. And so I, I prefer, um, I'm a surgeon, so I'm probably a little bit biased, but I prefer knowing that the fat has been removed and I know it's gone. So I know it can't come back. And when we see residual fullness, I know it's swelling. And I can, because I saw that what kind of result the patient had at the end of the, the operation. 
So yeah, one of the things you mentioned about school sculpting, which is a philosophy. In other words, we as plastic surgeons and probably as people who care about aesthetics, we want to be in as much control as possible. So weirdly enough, Kybella actually has decent control, not the best control. Liposuction has great control. The problem with cool sculpting is that you're relying on a pad and sort of a generalized cold area to get rid of the fat. And this is why I think sometimes the results are disappointing. Yeah, and it's it's not customizable really. So you can you can control like where you know where you place all the applicators together, but you know, even even Kybella, you have more creative control because you can choose, you know, you know how broadly you want to inject or how far back. Um, cool sculpting, like the handpiece is the handpiece, and so you have to work within the confines of that. That's why I think you know we've been talking, we've been using the submental or chin area um, as an example, but that's why to me the gold standard for this area will always be submental liposuction unless someone has the tiniest amount of fat and in that case sure then uh kybella or deoxypolic acid injection could be a good treatment for that patient if they really look like they only need one or maybe two yeah and so next up would be laser liposuction or even ultrasonic liposuction which isn't true ultra liposuction it's like ultrasonic heat waves over the area of fat do you have much experience with that? Because I actually know about it. I've done it once or twice as a trial, but I've never really purchased the machine or been a big believer. So we're talking about the the non-invasive one, the one we're just like heating. So to me, again, these kind of fall in the, they fall into this a similar category as school sculpting, except instead of freezing the fat, we're heating the fat again, trying to damage it in some way and see a reduction. And I think if you talk to our colleagues, I think what we see is, uh, very modest improvements, perhaps. Yeah. Even as um, a non-plastic surgeon, I think the result is sort of modest. Yes, yes. And when you, and then the other thing is you have to consider is like, what's the overall cost of these? So I tell patients too, um, surgery or submental liposuction may initially be more expensive, but when you add up the cost of doing multiple rounds of uh, cryolipolysis or multiple rounds of laser liposuction, you can easily get to the cost of submental liposuction and then surpass it all while not necessarily getting to the end result that you want. So we love things that are minimally invasive or non-invasive that work. I am all about giving, doing the least invasive um, procedure possible to get patients the results that they want. But sometimes more truly is more. I agree. In terms of sham surgeries, which we <laughs> love talking about, I'm sure you've heard of hole punches, and I have not done a lot of research, but you, it sounds like you've done more about what works or really doesn't work with hole punching. So this all came to me from patients. So I have patients come in, and they would say, well... Um, they come in now, now we're kind of moving on to minimally invasive options, which is going to be liposuction. Um, and they are, it's a minimally invasive procedure because we're just making small nicks in the skin, but it's very maximally invasive in the sense that we're covering potentially a very large surface area. It could be the whole torso, um, arms and thighs. Like you can do liposuction all over your entire body. Um, and so it's, uh, that's a real surgery and it's, and it's worth doing your research to figure out um, exactly how it's being done. And how I've seen uh, liposuction presented to patients is particularly in an outpatient setting 
meaning um, they're awake. Maybe they're given just you know a little relaxation medicine or something like that. They're, they're told it will be scalpel free and basically a lunchtime procedure. And I was like, well, gosh, I was, I was like, what is this patient talking about? I was like, you can't, you can't get into do liposuction without a scalpel. Like you have to make a little hole, like you're, you're still getting in there. And so what I found out is, did you know, if you, if you have like a mole that needs to be biopsied or something like that, if at your dermatologist, they go and they'll take those little like medical hole punches and punch yes. it out. So they don't use a scalpel. They use one of those. It is still a cut in your skin. And I just think that's incredibly unethical <laughs> to tell uh, patients that because <clears throat> it makes it sound like they're not really having surgery. But of course I mean, they are. If you use a punch, a skin punch, and then you're making a hole in the skin, and then you're sucking out fat, that's surgery. That's surgery. And it's liposuction. And it's not a lunchtime procedure. And they're also told that they'll be like, they'll be back on their feet and everything's going to be like back to normal within like two days and, or maybe three and instant results. And that's all. I mean, if, if you're having an instant result after liposuction, you didn't do very much. Right. You maybe didn't <laughs> need very much, but also how much fat can you extract in a lunch period? Not very much, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that that's one thing. Um, I have tried to do as much awake as possible. And I, at one point, I would do like flip section of the cold torso, even fat transfer, BBL. Um, I have since stopped doing that. And the reason why was I just found I wanted patients to be more comfortable during mm -hmm. the procedure. I think this concept that you can do maximal extraction and still keep patients really comfortable um, by injecting lidocaine and some other numbing agents, I think you can make do improvements, certainly if it's small areas, maybe just an arm, maybe just a, a hip or a little like touch-up session or chin liposuction, small areas very reasonable to do it awake or just with like a little relaxation medication. So you have a nice experience. Once you're trying to do something that's more involved, one, you can only inject so much numbing fluid in someone safely yes. at a given time. And so you're potentially limiting yourself that way. Number two, you have to inject so much volume to get patients comfortable that it can mask even the surgical result that you're getting. So now if patients want to do more than a small area, I will only do that under general anesthesia because ultimately patients are there to get a beautiful result and maximum contouring. And I feel like I can best deliver that in the operating room. Have I you tried it, both yes. ways or different ways? What are your thoughts? It takes a special patient who does not get anxious and it's definitely a shorter or less amount of fat to be removed. So what Dr. Hamilton's talking about is, yes, we inject numbing medicine into the fat before we do liposuction. We actually do that even if the patient's under general anesthesia. It's called tumescent fluid. So yes, it numbs, but it also slows down bleeding. So that's why it's so important. So if you're awake, my concerns are it may, just like you said, you may need more numbing medicine, more tumescent fluid so that you get good numbing relief for the patient. And generically, I think it's hard to sit still for more than an hour or two. I've had like oral surgery where I had to keep my mouth open for an hour and a half and my jaw hurt. And I, and since I'm a doctor, I knew it was doing, it just was sore and it hurt. And it's hard to sit like on your back in a dental chair for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was not in pain. So for liposuction, where you're talking about a consumer, 
and they're not used to what's going on and they're hearing weird noises and they may get anxious and you have to tell them to stay still for an hour or 45 minutes or two hours. That's hard. That's hard to do in me. I can't imagine if somebody was not like fully aware of the process. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And so I think um, it just, it comes down to patient experience. It comes down to safety. It comes down to just ensuring that you're delivering the result that um, you've, you've promised that patient and, and meeting those expectations. And so that's why I prefer general anesthesia now, which, as we all know, is safer than driving a car around Houston, at least. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's all sorts of add-ons. So traditional liposuction involves, you know, injecting that uh, fluid for blood loss and numbing, post-operative comfort, removing the fat. But we have more, we have more uh, technology available uh, at our fingertips now. Um, I know I use some. What are the different types of uh, additional technology that you know of or maybe even use yourself? Essentially to consumers and even to the plastic surgeons, what we do is we heat up the skin. So it comes in different brand names, but we're basically heating up the skin. Body Tight uses RF microneedling to really heat up the skin and it monitors it. So if it's too hot, it beeps and gives you a warning to stop doing it. Renuvion is a special type of bovi. It's actually made by the same bovi company. It uses plasma to actually heat up the skin. So the heat actually remodels the dermal, the dermis of the skin. It's, in other words, non like nerd talk. It should tighten the skin. Some people dispute that because they're saying, well, you're not really, re- you're not really tightening the skin. You're really inducing scar tissue. So I think it depends. Patients with thicker skin, good collagen, correct energy dose of the instrument, it can remodel and tighten the skin very slightly. If you have thin skin, thin dermis, and you crank up the energy, it's going to cause a burn. It's going to cause problems. And I've seen a couple complications and had to treat them. Fortunately, not of my cases. So it can happen. What are your thoughts on it? So I, I personally use, um, I use ultrasound assisted liposuction and what, what I like about that, like, yes, it's, it's generating some heat. Um, I agree that most of the skin tightening is from just the volume being removed. It's like, if you take out a breast implant or something like that, like the skin will cinch up some just by not having, um, as much tissue there. And I really like it for just actually more maximal fat extraction and sculpting rather than tightening up the skin. I think patients, some patients, their skin will just tighten up more naturally than others will. And I agree with you that I think it's less device related and more just genetics um, and what your body's been through. Have you you had multiple pregnancies and a bunch of stretch marks? I think your odds of having your skin tighten up after that are just so low, maybe not impossible, but so low that most plastic surgeons you're going to see are going to counsel you more towards a tummy tuck than um, liposuction alone. And so that's, that's really important because we see patients all the time um, who are, were promised this extreme skin tightening after liposuction. You have to remember, I think in a best case scenario, you're just hoping your skin's not looser after liposuction. And so maybe that's helping modestly to just cinch up enough to undo the looseness that you get from removing volume. It's like, it's like if you put a big breast plant, breast, breast implant in, and then you take it out, that breast tissue is going to be looser. So similarly, if you take out a lot of volume on the body, 
it's almost like you pop the balloon again. And at least initially that skin's going to get loose. And then we wait for the skin being the elastic organ that it is to snap back. And it does a lot of that on its own, but it can only do so much. And so I think there's a lot of people that do liposuction out there that aren't board certified plastic surgeons or plastic surgeons at all. And the only tool in their toolbox is liposuction. And so they'll offer patients that um, when some of those patients really should have been offered a tummy tuck to meet their goals, assuming that their goal was a flat, smooth abdomen, yes. for example. <clears throat> Absolutely. And what Dr. Hamilton is talking about, there are two major types of liposuction, like mechanical and ultrasonic. So sometimes it's just called traditional, where you break up the fat and suck it out. And it sounds like you have that as well as brand name Vaser, where it heats up the fat, melts the fat, sucks out some of the fat, and you still need to go in there with traditional liposuction to suck out the extra fat. Some people go the extra mile, which is what are the devices that I was, I was talking about. Okay, you do liposuction. Okay, you do ultrasonic liposuction. Let's try to tighten the skin some more with Morpheus. Well, no, I'm sorry, not Morpheus. Say with body tight or with Renuvion. And that's where in the right patient, it works. I do think it's a bit overblown. And if you crank it up, specifically crank up the energy sources in those two devices, and you have the wrong type of patient with the wrong type of skin and the wrong procedure, it can cause some com complications. Right. And I like things that are reproducible, reliable. Um, I want to know that I'm giving my patients the same thing every single time with minimal to no problems. And so that's why I, I've really enjoyed the way that I do it. And then I, if I think that patients are going to have loose skin afterwards, I tell them that and I may suggest just a different operation because it's really important to know liposuction is treating fat. That is what it is treating 99%. Yes, a little bit of skin tightening, maybe a little bit of remodeling. But if you come in and you already have loose skin, you really need to talk to your surgeon about removing some of it. We call that an excisional procedure, whether that's an arm lift, a thigh lift, a tummy tuck, breast lift, something like that. Do your research. And then who do you feel are the best candidates for liposuction? And who do you feel are like just not candidates for liposuction? So again, to me, it really comes down to skin quality. So I think the best patients are patients that their skin is nice and thick. They don't have stretch marks. They don't have looseness. So a lot of these, it's not exclusively women who haven't had kids yet, but oftentimes it's, it's people who haven't um, been pregnant, just depending, you know, if we're talking about the abdomen, arms, the first sides can be different. And afterward, I mean, some women have excellent skin quality after, after pregnancy and no looseness. And so they can still be a candidate, but it's really all to me comes down to the skin and how good it is. What do you think? I agree with you. And the other thing I look for is where I can pinch the skin, where I can remove it and it's spot reduction. So if I have access to the skin, right, I'm sorry, access to the fat right underneath the skin, then that's great. Then I can actually do something. If you have visceral fat, if you have fat that's buried around your intestines, if you have fat that you and I cannot pinch, we can't suck it out. We can't do liposuction to it. Frankly, we can't do anything to it, including non-invasive stuff or less invasive procedures. That requires a trip to the dietitian, personal trainer, gym, and all those good things. That type of fat where we have no access to it, we, we can't do anything about it. And a good way, that's a 
that's a really great point. And a good way to test for that is if you are lying flat or, or standing up and you kind of push on your abdomen and it is taut, that is one way, and definitely your surgeon can tell you for sure. But if you're not pinching much and then you feel like everything's still pretty tight, but you still feel kind of rotund or full in the abdomen, it's a good chance that a lot of that fat is behind, it's within the core. Um, and just like Dr. Kim said, that is absolutely not safe to poke around um, your internal organs and all that, and all those important structures with a blindly with a liposuction cannula. Yeah. Don't, just don't do it. No, don't do it. That that's really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that sums up um, so much about surgical or procedural options for fat reduction. Um, as you touched on, there are so many medical weight loss options too, with all the medications that are available, the semaglutide, triseptide, commonly known, known as Ozempic, Amunjaro, bariatric surgery still for those like those so-called stomach stapling or gastric sleeves. And so sometimes those are other options um, that patients may choose to perceive. Liposuction is really meant to be more about shape um, and sculpting. And um, we like patients to be as close to their weight goals as possible before we we proceed with surgery. Any any final thoughts, Dr. Kim? No, I mean, we've really, I hope, dispelled some myths and focus on, okay, as plastic surgeons, what can we do to actually give you much better contour? And I think we talked about everything non-invasive to slightly invasive to fully invasive. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Beauty Scientist. We so enjoyed having you listen in. And as always, stay beautiful. Stay beautiful, Dr. Hamilton. Take care. Thank you for joining us on The Beauty Scientist. Be sure to visit thebeautyscientist.com and learn more about modern beauty and connect with Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Kim.